Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. We're starting a new book today. We are starting a book of Exodus. Uh, This is one of the five books of the Pentateuch, Um, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. He's the author. Um, So another name for these five books are called the Torah. This is the, uh, um, the law, the book of the law. Uh, or in Greek, it's called the Pentateuch. Pentateuch. I might have pronounced it, mispronounced it as the Pentateuch, but that's what how I want to pronounce it. Um, so the English title, according to my study Bible, says Exodus is taking from the Septuagint. which is the Greek translation, and the Greek noun exodos means going out or departure. So it's the major event of the first half of the book when the Lord brings the nation Israel out of Egypt. So in my study Bible, there are just a few big um, themes here. Um, I'm just going to mention them without getting into them, uh, versus the offspring. Um, The Lord promised Abraham that he would have innumerable offspring. And so we're talking about um, the offspring of of Abraham. And then references to the land. So the land of Canaan uh, was supposed to be God's provision for Israel. And so getting to this land of Canaan seems like... uh, a, a really far away promise that it all started uh, in Canaan, but the um, the nation had to they had to um, because of the famine they were uh, required to run over to Egypt because that's where all the food was. But this provision of of God's provision is going to be there for those who have faith, and God's going to be using His power to bring the people. And finally, get to this land of Canaan. Uh, but it was be- it's because of their sin that they don't receive this provision. So then the third big thing is the blessing. 
the Lord's promise to bless all nations through Abraham looks forward to how Israel's life is to mediate the presence of the Lord to nations all around them. It's going to be a holy nation, the kingdom of priests. And then the fourth big theme is the covenant mediator. And so Moses is going to be the one called by God to mediate between the Lord and his people. We're going to see this mediator of the covenant. And then the fifth one is the covenant presence. The presence of the Lord is going to be highlighted through the book of evidence uh, of, of Exodus as he appears to Moses in different ways, like the burning bush, and he comes down to Mount Sinai in the sight of the people. He, re- he reveals himself to the leaders of Israel. He shows Moses his glory. And uh, so, and then we have this uh, sort of later a focus on instructions for the people. So, we have these big themes that we're going to be seeing, and, um, and how God preserves his people to receive his promises. Okay, so jumping right in, chapter 1, verse 1, these are the names of the son of Israel. Now remember, Israel, he called, he he sort of gave Jacob, that old tricky Jacob, a new name. And we're gonna, he was going to call him Israel. So Jacob had a bunch of sons, and so the sons of Israel, sons of Jacob, who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household. You got, you got, um, and remember, uh, old tricky Jacob, uh, one of his sons uh, was Joseph, and Joseph was the one that did all the great things for Pharaoh uh, by storing up all the food and the grain and keeping the nation alive. So, um, all of the descendants of, of uh, Jacob were 70 persons. Joseph was already in Egypt. Remember, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong, so that the land was filled with them. Verse 8. Now this is the turning point. McGee says, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And McGee says, It's, you know, this verse 8 is such a, a powerful verse because, you know, it just shows a new generation of people don't necessarily know and appreciate history. And uh, this new king didn't appreciate Joseph's actions earlier. So he felt no uh, indebtedness at all, as the previous king did, as the previous pharaoh did. And um, he was a new generation of pharaohs. And isn't that the way it's been going through history, all of history? A new generation comes along and doesn't appreciate what the previous generation went through. Like, you know, perhaps World War One or World War Two or the Great Depression here for, for the Americans. You got a new generation of people who don't know anything about history and they they make this uh, they make the same mistakes. So this new king didn't know Joseph, forgot a lot of stuff, 
forgot a lot. And there were probably people who did and remembered, but this one didn't. Verse 9, And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. One thing he didn't probably remember is Joseph had interpreted Pharaoh's dreams and told Pharaoh what was going to happen. And uh, Pharaoh, the, the earlier Pharaoh, uh, knew of the power of God's people. But this Pharaoh doesn't. So he's going to make a mistake because he, he doesn't even know anything about God or what Joseph did or how God saved his own people. So, um, uh, verse 11, Therefore, let us set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh's store cities, uh, Phidom and Ramesses. So these are great cities that they built. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. Okay, so they were afraid of them. They were afraid there were so many of them, they would overrun the country. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves, and they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. And in all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Okay? Just because a new king didn't know Joseph. He didn't know his history. He didn't know. It isn't, and again, McGee makes this point. Like, it's, it's what we all face today, too. As generations go by, you're only one or two generations away from people that don't know your own their own history and um so that's how nations change that's how nations rise and fall people that don't know their own history verse 15 then the king of egypt said to the hebrew midwives okay now he's trying to manipulate things again because he couldn't do it with the taskmasters okay so uh that didn't work he couldn't beat them down they just kept growing so then the king of egypt said to the hebrew midwives verse 15 one of whom was named sapphira and the other pura and i believe that's translated into beauty and splendor when you serve as midwife to the hebrew women and see them on the and see them on the birth stool if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, he shall live. Verse 17, But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. It's interesting to know that there are people who remembered their history, who remembered and feared God, Okay. Now, they didn't have a Bible. They didn't have the Old Testament. They didn't have Moses. They didn't have any teaching. They didn't have any knowledge other than remembering God's provision through the work of Joseph. 
And there were probably some Egyptians that feared God too. But isn't it interesting that it's these midwives that feared God and did not do as the king commanded. And see, this is God's, you know, preserving his people so that his promise could be fulfilled. Even though somebody is trying to kill this, this, these people off. This is, and McGee says this is like Satan working his hand. Because if he can kill off the nation Israel, he kills off the lineage to Jesus Christ. And you don't have Jesus, the, line, the line leading to Jesus. Because the line leading to Jesus is going to be coming. from the house of Judah. So in any event, these midwives, they spared the, the male children. And uh, they probably picked on the male children because they figured the male children were going to join, you know, they could join foreign or armies and fight and bring down the, the nation uh, of Egypt, the kingdom. So they were going after the male children, but isn't it interesting that the females were the ones that saved the line of the males? Interesting there too, huh? Verse 18, so the king of Egypt called the midwives. You know, he's trying to say, well, what's going on? And said to them, why have you done this and let the male children live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vig vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. Okay, So they figured out a way to tell Pharaoh that that's how things happen. And Pharaoh probably doesn't know a lot about birthing babies, but he's saying, you know, they're saying, no, they just, they're just multiplying. Very shrewd answer, wasn't it? Verse 20, so God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very strong. Okay, so Pharaoh couldn't stop it because these midwives feared God. Verse 21, and because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. All right, he let them prosper. Verse 22, then Pharaoh commanded all his people. Now, now Pharaoh, he's gone from the taskmasters to the midwives. Now he's commanding all the people. Every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. All right. So now he's telling his own people. And isn't it interesting that we're going to see God is using the women who fear him. You've got Shapira and and um, and Pua, okay, and then you've got Moses's mother and Moses' sister. They're going to be a part of saving God's people, and even Pharaoh's own daughter is going to be one who acts to preserve the life of Moses, okay? Because it's God is going to bring Israel out of Egypt using Moses. So, we're going to stop here, and tomorrow we'll continue our study in this uh, 
great book of Exodus. I've always wanted to do a study of Exodus, and I'm looking forward to going through it with you, too. So for me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Now, I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great and looking forward. It's really hard to believe we're starting another book, huh? So I look forward to, to going through this great book with you as well. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today we begin our study in the book of Exodus. And our study is in Exodus chapter 1, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to verse 22. So Exodus is the record of Israel's birth as a nation within the protective womb of Egypt. The Israelite family of 70 rapidly multiplies at the right time, accompanied with severe birth pains, an infant nation numbering between 2 and 3 million people is brought into the world where it is divinely protected, fed, and nurtured. So the Hebrew title, um, Wela Shemoth, I don't even think I read that right. So now these are the names comes from the first um, phrase in Exodus chapter 1, verse 1. So Exodus begins with now to show it is a, continue, a continuation of Genesis. So um, this book, actually, like I've said, continue, uh, it's... It, the book continues the account that was begun in the book of Genesis. So there is a break of three and a half centuries. And in Genesis 15, verse 13, um, let me just turn to Genesis 15, verse 13. And it reads, Then he said to Abraham, sorry, then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. Okay. So, um, God had actually said to Abraham that they would spend 400 years in Egypt. And if we turn to the Exodus 12 verse 40, it actually says 430 years. So that's Exodus 12, verse 40. reads, Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who live in Egypt was 430 years. Okay. So um, this is not a contradiction, you know, as many critics would like to pick out um, you know, the different contradictions in the Bible, but this is not a contradiction because in Galatians 3, verse 16 and 17, it reads, um, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ and this I say that the law which 
was 430 years later can not annul to cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ that it should make the promise of no effect so here the um you know the the exodus date was confirmed but note that it was 430 years from the call of abraham and it was 400 years from the time that god told abraham what would happen to his offspring so this book opens with the children of israel in egyptian bondage so they come down just a little um group that's um you know in verse five which actually reads all those who were descendants of jacob were 70 so they were just a small group of 70 and out of these 70 it probably went up to you know just over 2 million 2.1 um like i read in the introduction um so um that's like the minimum. So when God said he would multiply the seed of Abraham, he did it. He made good um, on his word. So the book of Exodus, um, we need to actually put the passage in Genesis. That's Genesis 46, verse 2 and 3, which reads, Then God spoke to Israel in the vision of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here I am. So he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. So um, here um, we need to actually put this passage in, in Genesis like um, in, in, in um we need to actually, sorry, the book of Exodus, we need to put in the book of Exodus, in our study in the book of Exodus, we actually need to put this particular passage in Genesis that I've just read. So this gives us um, the background. So when the, the book of Exodus opens, that promise has been made good. And here are these people here, um, two million plus. And this is, you know, a minimum, as I said. As others actually think it's actually more than that. Okay. So, um, the man who actually wrote uh, the Pentateuch books, that is um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's um, what the first five books are called, the Pentateuch. And, you know, it was Moses. So, Moses is the author of these and they are called the mosaic system or law and they will have moses um here we're actually going to have moses um before us in this book as he does in you know he's going to actually appear more in this book as he does in um in 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 no other book and his life is actually divided into three 40-year periods. So the first 40 years in Pharaoh's palace in Egypt and the second 40 years on the backside of the desert in 
Medina, the third 40 years in the wilderness as the leader of the Israelites. Okay, so now we begin. Scripture reads, and um, here it says, Now, that's verse 1, Now these are the names of the children of Israel. So here, um, like we stated um, earlier, now these are the names it comes from the 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 first phrase in um, that's in exodus 1 1 which begins with now to actually show it as a continuation of genesis so here it goes on to read now these are the names of the children of israel who came to egypt each man and his household came with jacob reuben simeon levi and judah uh Issachar, zebulun zebulun and benjamin Dan, Nephtali, Gad, and Asher. All those who were descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. Joseph was in Egypt already. Okay, so here we have the generation of Jacob. And here we have the continuation with the lapse of about three and a half century. Verse 6 goes on to read, And Joseph died all his brothers and all that generation so in the conclusion in the book of genesis we have the death of joseph and now here we have the record that all his brethren died so that particular generation died verse 7 goes on to read but the children of israel were fruitful and increased abundantly multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty and the land was filled with them so here Three and a half centuries go by, and this is what actually happened um, in Genesis 46. So God said that they would actually increase, they would multiply and become a great nation in the land of Egypt, and this was has actually taken place. Verse 8 goes on to read, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. So here we come to this great change so there's a new pharaoh who did not know joseph so he did not have any um allegiance to joseph uh, so he didn't know joseph and um this king came to the throne so there's a new dynasty uh, that came to power so before um the hexos the hexo kings had uh, actually been ruling so they had come from out of the desert and they were nomadic and bedouins and they were actually related to the israelites and that probably that's probably is the reason that the pharaoh of uh in egypt from the hexos king at that time was willing to actually bring joseph in too close proximity in ruling the land of egypt so after the hexos king um the old dynasty um was able to actually drive out the hexos king the hexo kings and now the regular egyptians came to the throne again and they came to the throne um you know a king who actually didn't know joseph and didn't you know um have any um allegiance to him because i mean before joseph was um, his body couldn't they didn't even want to move his body out of egypt when he died uh, that's how much you know people knew him and 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 um you know um felt they owed him 
So the lesson that we actually have from this um, for us today is that, um, you know, there should be a continual responsibility of teaching God's word to each generation, to our kids, because if we don't, the time will actually come when they will actually forget about it. And um, this is a classic example. If you look at um, this new generation, the dynasty that took over from the Hyksos kings, because they were not told about Joseph, so they didn't really, it didn't really matter to them. Um, verse 9, and everything that Joseph did, like they didn't know about it. Verse 9 goes on to read, And he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us, and so go up out of the land. So this was actually a possibility, and they did uh, obviously present, you know, the children of Israel did actually present a threat to this... Um, pharaoh you know and his new dynasty but he's actually using now worldly wisdom he's not consulting from god he's using his worldly wisdom to actually solve um to solve it as the simplest thing you know that he would have had actually done was to actually let them go but he wants them as slaves verse 11 goes on to read therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities, um, Pitom and Ramses. Okay, so, you know, here, this is a classic example, as in there were some who were actually doing hard labor um, in um, among the Israelites, but they actually did uh, build, build the city Ramses. Verse 12 goes on to read, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. So they actually, um, they are put in a difficult spot in um, the land of Egypt. And this is what God had actually told them when he, um, you know, th that this would actually happen. And um, that's in Genesis 15 verse 13, which reads... Um, then he said to Abram, No, certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and they will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. Okay. So three things that actually happened. There will be strangers in a strange land. Secondly, they will be slaves. Thirdly, they shall afflict them so that these three things are already fulfilled verse um 13 of exodus uh, 1 goes on to read so the egyptians made the children of israel serve with rigor um verse 14 and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in motar in brick and in all manner of service in the field and all service in which they made them serve was with rigor 
So they are actually making them slaves. And they are not only just making them slaves, they are also mistreating them. Verse 15 goes on to read. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shipra, Shifra, and the name of the other was um, Pua. So these two women, you know, were in official positions and they were the head of the nurses in the land of Egypt. Verse 16 reads, and he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women <clears throat> and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. And if it is a daughter, then she shall live. So this is our speaking and this is, you know, another attempt at Satan to actually destroy the line that's leading to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is anti-Semitism and anti-Semitism, you know, it's evil, it's satanic, it comes from Satan. So anti-Semitism has today spread throughout the world and it's satanic in its origin and no Christian today could actually possibly have any part of anti-Semitism. If you're a child of God and you read scripture, there's no way you, you will um, have, you will be um, an anti-Semitic. Verse 17 goes on to read, But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So God always actually intervenes. So these people had um, borne a witness in the land of Egypt and the midwives that had come in contact with the people. Okay, so here, um, you know, these people actually feared God and they were witnessing for God, and um, they were they 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 had faith, and they didn't go by what the Pharaoh had actually instructed them. Verse 18 goes on to read, This attempt to destroy... Sorry, verse 18, sorry. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. Therefore God dealt with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. So here, this attempt to destroy um, the male children was just not working. It wasn't working because these people had bore witness to, to God, the, the midwives. Verse 21 Goes on to read, and so it was because the midwives feared God that He provided households for them. So these two women were, uh, you know, they were permanent women, and they became a group that was respected in that land. Verse twenty-two goes on to read. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, um, "Every son." Who is born, you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. So this was another ploy to actually destroy this 
human race, the Israelites. And in our next study, we're going to see whether this ploy actually succeeded or not. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening and God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.